Welcome back to Triple M Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, with my co-host, Felicia. And we have two very special guests with us today, Hoppin' Sexy Markel. Hi. What did she call her? Great, 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 what very good. Hoppin' Sexy. Hoppin' Sexy. Hoppin' and, and Rabbit. Is she a frog? Also, my fiance. Dark Temptation, ladies and gentlemen. I knew she was going to say Dark Temptation. Is that what you said that one time? Dark Temptation. Dark T. Dark. DT. Dark this is my fiance, Lexi. That's her actual name. Here, here. <laughs> we are so glad that you guys could join us today on our debut YouTube episode. Woo! You're the first. You're the first. Uh, mm. We're taking your virginity. Oh, shit. Or you're taking our virginity. Y'all the first, like, real guests and, like, the first on the YouTube. So you're the Somebody's losing their virginity tonight. Somebody's getting popped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By Poppin' Markel. Poppin' Mark. I don't know. How, is it hopping or popping? Poppin' and hopping. It's hopping, poppin'. Markel. That's never a thing I've been called in my life ever. <laughs> I don't so think it new. should be that again, neither. That was on the fly. So, the fly. today is supposed to be a mayhem episode, and what better mayhem story than the current Capitol riots incited by Donald J. Trump? Mm. I don't like how excited you sound about that. Right. Mm. I mean, mm. Mm. the vibe is too high. It's exciting it stuff, right? Is it? And why you have to use his middle initial? Yeah. We don't Donald acknowledge J. Trump. The, no. the current Capitol riots by Donald J. Trump. So Was that how better? How do you really feel? The current Capitol riots incited by Donald J. Trump. Y'all that motherfucker. I mean, saying. if I said it how I really felt, I wouldn't have used his name. I would have called him like Jackass or <laughs> something Just else. Just Hey, Lawrence. shit's going on in the Capitol. Shit's going on in the Capitol. The no longer, yeah. no longer president because in a few days... Mr. Biden? No longer president. So. Then they impeach him. He's the first president to get impeached twice. He is. It's voting still. He's the best at everything, including he, impeachment. He's, <laughs> he's winning. Yeah. He's winning. He's yeah. winning. He's winning all the impeachments. He's the only president who's ever been kicked off of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. He's this literally exiled, just true. like an old Locking king. Locking in W's, just yeah. all down the board. <laughs> he's just, and he has always said that he is the best he's at all of the things. Yeah. He's a trendsetter. <laughs> Number one. Hey, negative attention is still what? Attention. 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 And with that, we'll get to the show. Woo! Woo! Hi, guys. Welcome to our podcast, Mental Miss and Mysteries. It's alright, it's okay, but you should listen anyway. Hi guys. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about the Capitol riots, and I haven't been really keeping up because I care, but I don't. <laughs> When I told her the idea for our mayhem story today was the Capitol riots, she looked at me and she said, I haven't really paid any attention to any of that. (laughs) I don't really know what's going on. I stopped paying attention to shit. Everything's like... I hear stuff. I hear the news from like other strangers. Other, yeah, other strangers. Oh, wow, I have no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. How bizarre. I don't care. How bizarre. Wow. How's them stocks doing, though? Hey, yo, yo, yo. Yo, can I talk about it? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go Bitch. ahead. <laughs> so I started on the stock market last week. Hey. I done made like $5. <laughs> you know? Hey. 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 Bitch, you made 12 Yeah. I was got a, 
Upstairs. Black girl stocks. Upstairs. Black girl stocks. What's the word? Got what did you make 20 bucks on? We all invested oh. in the same shit. I made 12 off of Afria. I Bitch, oh, how much you put uh, in? I put in like 40 bucks. Oh, that's why. Yeah. I only put in... Um, what pennies lots? 10 or, 10 or 20. Uh, I lost money on crypto. By the way, y'all, um, go buy Africa socks, but don't, because I'm trying to get all the moolah. Bang, so, bang. Don't, like, bring it up, but don't bring it up too much, because I want to buy a little bit more. That's right. We're also waiting for the Roblox stock. Roblox is going to hit. Why are Roblox you telling people about um, Roblox? I'm just telling them. The IPO, in case y'all got $250,000 in your bank account that you're putting in the stock market, you can have first dibs on Roblox Monday morning, the 18th. Monday morning, But it's not because it's a holiday. It's the black holiday for me and you. Oh, yeah. It's MLK. MLK. So actually, when the stock market is included in the holiday. No, you're not. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't. We don't get to celebrate this at all. Dark temptation. Yeah, I don't. I don't get to celebrate that I get to can marry I, a black person thanks to some of the progressiveness of Martin Luther King. And you get to celebrate it because I mean you got the day off too. You no, just she's not off. You, you work. work. That's work. why you work and I'm off. <laughs> got it. Wow. We we Ooh. know who's sleeping on the couch tonight. Yeah, I've been sleeping on the couch. You, you lie. You never sleep on the couch. I tried one time because I was restless and she freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Mm-mm. So was- speaking of stocks and the Capitol riot and yeah. Mr. Trump. Right. Mr. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> no Mr. longer president. Fucker? Formerly president. The yeah. former president known as exiled from the land. Exiled um, from the land. What do you think is going to happen to the stocks when Biden takes office? Oh. It depends. What you've been reading? What does it depend on? Finance fee? Well, I haven't been reading anything. I'm just thinking about how people accept him and then what direction he's going to go in with his own policies. If he goes in the direction we think we're going in, our shit's going to hit. Yes. So short-term stocks from the pandemic is obviously going to rise tremendously when Biden gets into office because everything's about to open back up. Right. The vaccine's out. People are doing that. So travel's gonna start up again. So Delta's gonna eating. come back. Delta. Bank you don't think America. all the Republicans that invest in stocks are gonna start selling like mad because they think the whole world's coming to an end? No, they're gonna be buying up because they know what they don't give a shit about the government. They're like all they right. care about is their money. True. Yeah, I think they follow the government. I mean, there's like gun sales go up every time a Republican or a Democratic yeah. president happens. But how, are we talking about Republican everyday people or Republicans who have money? Because they're different they're, subsets they're of so people. Different. Yeah, they're so, so you, different. Yeah, so you so different. So different red spots. <laughs> so they used to think they were different, but now most of them believe in QAnon and that socialism but is coming again, and the whole country is going like, to shut down. The Republicans who we see every day down the street, those Republicans or the Republicans who would support that party but are like a part of the one percent. Yeah, those are different people. Mm-hmm. Even, I don't know. I think we're gonna see a, a small dip. That's I mean, my we've prediction. Been seeing dip, maybe dips. Maybe for the a big last dip. Couple months. Definitely so, a small dip. I hope there is a dip happen. so I can buy into something. Dip it exactly right. Dip it, Keep dip it, dip it. I hope. I hope, <laughs> I hope this housing market crash. But I hope our home value stays large. So, other than stocks, what have you been up to, Mark? Ooh, uh, I got to have my first, like, off-season, freezing season, whatever the state wants to call it, practice session with my soccer team. Markel's a soccer coach. I am. I think I I was counting. I think this is, like, my seventh year. 
as head coach, like ninth year it's coaching. Oh my god, so many years. Damn yellow. I have Damn, gray hairs for like <laughs> like I've got grown tree lines of gray hairs from right. every year I've coached. Right. But we fi- I like got to have a session and it was it was just so good. I've like built this program that like harbors strong like intelligent feminists and it's right. the greatest thing i've ever that done and wonderful and so they come out and they're ready to work and we have a good time it's delightful it's like my i've found my happy place what's your funniest soccer moment oh god mm, i there was a game it wasn't i don't know if it's funny but when i look back at it i got in i got a yellow card for something and i was going after a ref and this one had to like come pull me off of the girl who like was calling me these names. And oh. when I like in the moment, it wasn't funny. And now every time I tell that story, if there was ever a scenario where someone in this friendship is going to pull someone else off, I'm doing the pulling. Yeah, like, there's right. no there's no question. But she was the one who had to like hold me back from this girl because I wanted to destroy her. She's like, no, no, yeah. no, come on, we're gonna go this okay, way. Okay, but right. what did, so what did she do? Oh, she no, called no. me names. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that little little bit. Oh, I got, <laughs> I got a red card that game. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. damn, a red. I've never gotten a red. That was oh, my first. Explain to the people what the yellow and red differences are for soccer purposes. Oh yeah, for those of you who don't watch soccer, quick. so a yellow card is like your caution. You get a yellow. Right. Um, in the high school level, you have to come off now. Um, but you get to stay in the game. But if you get two yellows or mm. if you get a flagrant just straight red like you don't even get a warning your ass is mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. you have to come out of the game and you get no subs so you play a man down so if you're an idiot with a hothead who like me got which was two, you yeah, i got two <laughs> yellows are killing that game she's got a hot ass too <laughs> not just a hothead uh so <laughs> i ended up having to come off the field and my team was left without a, a whole person mm. A whole um, great a person. Whole, a whole great person. <laughs> yeah. And those of us sitting in the stands that wanted to watch her butt didn't get to anymore. Right. Did you have that ass in high school? She had that ass. I couldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she's always had that ass. I don't um, remember, but I, was, I wasn't looking at your ass. Yeah, we so, weren't that tight when you no. were little. No. <laughs> so I know that soccer... Um, is like the primary thing on your brain right now. Yes. But I want you to plug your photography because you're here. So why not? And um, also because I can probably get some free work out of it. And um, (laughs) I want you to plug your I Am Right Now project. I want you to tell people in light of us talking about Trump and what's happened over the last four years in the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's an important thing to discuss. Yeah. Uh, So after, you know, we all watched, you know, George Floyd die and everything was starting to happen. You know, we went to the, that protest that first weekend because I was like, we, we have to be there. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's necessary. Um, I felt like I needed to do something more in a way that I could help because I can't be at every protest. I, I'm not a person who can, like, bankroll movements and things, um, but I am a photographer. Mm-hmm. So I worked with a couple of my friends um, to, you know, talk about how to approach it in a way that was respectful um, but also, like, impactful in the way that I wanted it to be. I think that's um, a good tip. I just want to stop you for a second there. Yeah. I think that's a really good tip for 
any people that want to know how to be an ally is that you chose to reach out to your friends of color to kind of get their opinion on how to be respectful about sure. it. And so I, I got to give you props for that. I got to give good. you props for that too, as your <laughs> black best friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was important to me because I think a lot of times, you know, I see these people and I was like, oh, so-and-so made a statement, did this. And a lot of times it feels more clout-based and they're doing it for themselves. Right. Um, especially the way I wanted to go about it was to try and display these things publicly um, to, you know, the idea of I am right now is I am blank right now. So whatever this person feels, um, whether it's a... Um, true emotion that's genuine or if it's just a result of you know everything that went on last summer whatever they were feeling um about everything that was going on um and so we got to talk and they would tell me stories and um take photos of them um your most recent pictures were my favorite yeah i love oh i love the cosby family i really love those Mm -hmm. that That was really good yeah Yeah, so and the mom she was just like yeah i was like that's my girl right there yeah i'm very good friend of mine. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been really, I mean, I knew it would be a good experience and it would be a way for me to learn. But like, as soon as I started communicating with people on that plane of like laying it all out there and not needing to kind of slowly dig your way to some of those maybe, you know, traumatic situations and those kinds of things. Um, it was just nice to have, um, that I don't know. It's just, it's been so... So it was an easy way for people to kind of share their story yeah. without it being like you're getting it, trying to get too personal. Yeah. Because they could decide what they feel about how they are right now. Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. you capturing yeah. it. It wasn't you leading the story or mm-hmm. trying to put yourself yeah. into it. And you just gave them a space to be, yeah, essentially. And, yeah. and every experience was so different. And that's why it's just kind of hard to explain like what it was because some of them like you know, my responses to so many of the different interactions I had were so drastically different. And I noticed that in a as I followed way. the pictures too. Yeah. And not some even, people felt a lot more stronger than other people, you know? Yeah. And so it was interesting that, you know, like one of my, um, one of the people who participated thought he had to have like a negative like experience that he felt like was impactful. I was like, that, that's not what this is about. This doesn't, you don't have to have, you know, felt <clears throat> like real deep, pain, trauma, whatever, you still have an experience because of what you look like. Um, So it was just, it's been really cool just to like, feel like I'm getting better as a person. It was an opportunity for me to get behind my camera, which I always love. And as a new photographer, any opportunity to, you know, improve is great. Um, And yeah, it's just been, it's been a really. Have you had any like flack from it? Uh, I got some, like friend requests removed, like some of my family deleted me on social media after a while. Black Lives Matter. Exactly that. And your work is not that controversial. It isn't. It's literally just you taking images of people. Photographs of people during times of Correct. So uh, yeah, it was eye opening in that way, but not upsetting because it was because you're like, well, that weeds them out. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> I mean, that's how most of us feel, right? That's. I mean, that's really how a lot of it was. And well, I think yeah. it's amazing. I think it's really amazing as a mental health um, professional for you to be out there giving people a space to be um, who may not otherwise have said anything or been able to kind of voice who they are. And I, I think it's beautiful that you're allowing people to be seen in a light. You're giving them. 
um, you know, this podium for people to be exposed to it who might not otherwise be and that you're working as an ally in that process. So I commend you for that. Um, we're based in Seattle. And so if somebody wanted to get in contact with you to be a part of the project, how would they do that? Um, right now, still working on the website, um, social media. Um, I've got an Instagram, um, Markel, I think, dot EG photography. We'll put all the links in the description. Yeah, yeah. links. Links below. It's my name is so long, um, but <laughs> Facebook is Markel EG Photography. And that's M-A-R-K-E-L-L-E. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. There aren't a lot of Markel EGs, um, but both are great ways to get in touch with me, um, reach out, or if you know someone who knows me and they can just, you know, give you And you don't number. have any specific requirements for how mm -hmm. they share or whatever. Just Not at all. Some people, it was short. I got videos. I had different things. Um, yeah, I mean, it can look however you want it to look. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here Thank and you. plugging that information. How was your week, Fee? Actually, there's something I want to bring up because we are on camera today. Mm. How drastically different we all look. <laughs> Based on our items of clothing and just the style we're rocking today. Yeah. And describe all of the styles. Yeah. All right. All right. We have Markel here. She looks like she just touched down. Okay. <laughs> to be with us. For, from Vegas. From where? From, from Mars. Oh, Saturn. I was like, you touch down like a UFO. You're like going, <laughs> she go from Vegas? Was no. she on the strip? Was she working the strip? What's she doing? Basically, you're an alien. <laughs> we got Crystal dressed up in her professional attire. You know, I got to rep that professionalism because it doesn't always come out of my mouth. We got Dark mm. Temptation over here. In, looking like a Dark Temptation. Looking like a Dark Temptation. <laughs> All blacked out. And I'm in pajamas. Yeah. But yeah. the cute pajamas. Potato. She's potatoing. I'm but in the hottest possible way. With yeah. A full face. <laughs> Phenomenal. That's <laughs> Is that all you have to say about our week? You just oh, wanted to give commentary well, about, about our, our class. I, I just thought it was important to bring up because I'm like, if I was watching, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why did it look so different? Well, I just came from work. You just got out of bed and these two are dressed normal. I mean. Markel got on a whole uh, the, the outfit is normal. <laughs> this is Markel's normal, though. And, like but the, the face, face is so is much like, more normal. I'm an actual it's rainbow. No, it's a whole rainbow. A whole rainbow. rainbow. And you literally are black on black on black. That's, on black. that's how I like that's, it. That's kind of who I am. That's how I like it. That's you how know, I like it. That dark that, chocolate, you know though. Hey, hey, hey. My week was good. I did things, and then I slept. And You did things, and then you slept. Yes. Should I'm I... reading a book, you guys. Okay, what's the I don't one? know what's if you guys should be proud of that. I haven't read a book in like since I was required to. Right. <laughs> I'm saying. But I'm reading a book and I'm halfway through it and I'm very proud of myself. It's called How to Give Less Fucks. Ooh. Oh, sorry. Can I say it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck? Up the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I took the word. I up the the top only of the word that was the same was fuck. Was fuck. Fuck shit up when you're reading the subtle book. art of not giving a fuck. It's a good book. Yeah. It's, it has its moments where I'm just like, oh, this is too much, but then it brings it back in. Mm. So that's what my week's been like. Um, yeah. I know the title of that book because I read it. But I could only get through like half of it because it was just like fuck shit, fuck yeah, bitch. He, he What's that, that one show where they're <laughs> there's that, is that like a rap or something where right. they're like fuck shit? Oh yeah, it's in uh, Silent J and Bob 
whatever that movie Silent is. Silent Mike? No. Oh, <laughs> Silent Night? What the no, fuck? No, Silent, Silent Mike. Mike. Wait, Silent Mike? <laughs> he might be a YouTuber. I was like, <laughs> I know Silent J and Bob. Yes. yes. I was like, bitch, Christmas is over. What? <laughs> No, he's this bitch laid in bed so long she didn't even realize Christmas That's, was over. okay. Somebody come get her. But also, he like he's very vulgar for the first half, and the second half is just like information. Okay, well maybe I should go back yeah, and finish it. Finish I paid it. a lot of money for this shit. Right? So. How much money you pay for the book? I think when it first came out, it was like twenty bucks. Up for a hardcover or a new release? Oh, oh yeah. You got the online. I bought it digitally, but yeah. I bought it when it first came out. Uh, like that's like stocks. You gotta wait first. till it drop. You wait till it hey, I, at that time, I needed to learn how to not give a fuck. So there was no price on that. The, it was the yeah. object of not giving a fuck though is just like you just don't care. It's not that like you don't care. You just care about the things that you anymore. find important to you yeah. and don't care about. Valuable. It's not. You just right. do you. Just do you, boo. Yeah. Just do you. Hmm. Well, my week was fucking great. I worked the first two days of the week in the real job because you guys haven't subscribed to my Patreon yet, so I can quit and start bringing you more content. That would be nice. <laughs> I need to buy more wigs. And it's, actually, it, uh, it's actually my fault um, because I haven't really shared the Patreon either, so I got to get to that. Yeah, Crystal's fault. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I got that out of the way, and then I basically got to spend the rest of the week just, like, following, chasing my dreams, collabing with people. I've got some really great artists that are going to come on the show and share their music, and got to do a really awesome interview with Megan Jackson Hall, the author of My Color Coded Life. Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to it on the podcast. I was there for the interview, like, in the background. Like, wow. This is very... It's interesting to see somebody else's see someone who's going through it in their point of view yeah and not just you looking from the outside and um that show has now uh hit our top three shows so it jumped up in like a week it's only been released for like a week so i'm stoked to do some more interviews i've had a couple of people reach out to me a couple of musical artists so i have some really awesome shit in store for the show stay tuned stay tuned uh hit that like and subscribe right now if you're enjoying this content and all the hot chicks that are here um We decided we were going to do a uh, what calendar? What was the calendar we said we were going to do? It was a, what is it, an emotional Oh, plant bitches calendar. Plant bitches. Plant bitches, because we love plants. Monsteras. Money plants. She's going to put two giant monstera leaves on her boobs. (gasps) Yep. That's That's a big leaf. Yes. It's a big leaf. I want to be poison ivy, you know. Oh, you mean The red hand. And if you haven't checked out, it's this uh, website called, or it's a Facebook page and Instagram. It's called, like, Guys with Plants. Oh. You know the. Yeah. Plant Dads. Is it called Plant Daddies? Because that's my favorite thing they no. refer to guys you with plants the, as. I'm about to get you a shirt. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a Plant Daddy shirt. Yeah, give me that, girl. We'll make you one. Plant Poppy. Plant Poppy. Oh, I like Plant Daddy. I like Plant Daddy. I, as much as I hate, like, the daddy, daddy term. Yeah. Yay, yay. Plant Daddy. Plant just, daddy it just rolls it. right off the tongue. Plant, plant Daddy. Daddy. I would call you Plant Daddy, and yeah. I don't even know why. I kill plants. I don't even know why. She does plant kill plants. Poppy because I have that shirt design already done. I'm like, I already got the Plant Poppy shirt. <laughs> oh, we're also going to do Poppy cosplay. Poppy? Yeah. We have to? Yeah. Controls. Totally. Yeah, it's not optional. 
It's not optional. I don't know what the, I don't, Juju. Okay. <laughs> it's not optional. A five-year-old designer our life. <laughs> that's right. And that's what we're doing now. Anyway, I have tons of stuff in store. I am so stoked. I just launched my new YouTube, uh, The Neurodiverse yeah, Nurse. I got my first video coming live to you for that one. I already have four subscribers mm, without mm, no mm, content. Mm, that's because mm. my friends are nice. Talk about your TikTok. TikTok. Three. Talk about your TikTok. Also, we did an awesome TikTok. And hey, that shit's fire. It's mm-hmm. really. It went uh, well this time. It was the, it was <laughs> the, the bust down challenge. Or was it bust? It's bust it. Bust, bust it. it. Yeah, bust it challenge. Not even bust. No, no, no tea. Oh, bust it. Oh, okay. Bust it, baby. Yeah, that one. So that was pretty fly. You can find that on our social media. And our social media is Triple M Cast. At Gmail, or I'm sorry, our email is triplemcast at gmail.com if you want to get connected with us to be featured on the show as a musical artist. We're doing free promos all month. Might extend that a little longer because I got quite a few people interested. Oh. And so you're going to hear some dope music on the show from some fresh new artists that are uh, independent. And I'm big on supporting independent people and small business. So I'm stoked. We got some new beats coming. So that's going to be awesome on the show. And just so many different things. I'm excited. So we can get right to it. Uh, oh, I forgot to plug our social media. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's Mental Myths and Mysteries. On Instagram, at Mental Mysteries. And on Twitter, at Mental Ask me about it. But we also have our own personal Facebook pages. I started mine this week. It's just fee. Oh, you know what? It's it's mental myths and mysteries one, isn't it? I'll tell you. I'll stop. I'll stop. Twitter just like assigns your shit, and they didn't give us options. Yeah, because my shit was like Liz eight seven four. Right? I said, what the hell? What the hell? What's wrong with you, Twitter? Last name like I'm in the military. You're just a number. It is mental myths and one. Mental myths and one. And one. I don't know what that's about. Official sponsor. It's called mental myths and mysteries. Mental myths and one. Mental myths and one. Because we're number one. Because we're going to be the number one mental health topic uh, show and YouTube channel. That's yeah. why. Here, here. Cheers. Our oh, podcast wow. is for entertainment purposes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we say to heart unless you want to. But Cannot like, be used against us in a court of law. Yeah, the court of law. Yeah. All right. So for you, Fee, and our um, foreign listeners, because we have quite a few. We have people in Singapore. Mm. Oh, somebody in France. It's really, like Sorrento, you said. Or too. was it Italy? Italy's yeah. the one shaped like a boot, right? Yes, Sorrento, yes. Italy. Somebody in Sorrento, Italy likes our show. So whoever you are, mwah, ciao, baby. We love you. Um, they had downloaded like seven episodes. Oh, good for y'all. And I know most of the um, foreign countries, people, uh, inhabitants, citizens, follow U.S. news. But just in case you haven't, I'm going to give you a little Wikipedia rundown. Of what happened it's at the Capitol. It's on Wikipedia now? Bruh. That's how bad Oh, it is. Wikipedia releases shit like two hours after it happens. It's they have the whole history of life ever two hours after it happens. What so, about me? 
The storming, they're calling it the 2021 storming of the United States Capitol. I thought they might call it the insurrection or something like that. Because it's not that creative. Terrorist attack, internal terrorist attack. They're not going to call them terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) The storming of the United States Capitol was a riot and violent attack against the United States Congress on January 6th, 2021, carried out by a mob of supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump in an attempt to overturn his defeat in the 2020 presidential election. So if you don't know much about United States government, basically Congress is um, the primary people that vote, kind of like a parliament in most other countries that enact our laws, right? And Congress is the main building other than the White House in Washington, D.C., where all of our political leaders are housed. And so it was attacked by a violent mob, and the violent mob basically walked from president trump's rally uh where he was basically holding it to complain about the fact that he lost the election to uh, president-elect joe biden and so after they were attending a, the Trump rally, thousands of his supporters marched down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol, where a joint session of Congress was beginning the Electoral College vote count. Oh, they just started the Electoral College votes. Yeah. That's why they did it. That's why they did it. They were trying to stop the Electoral College vote, yeah. Many of the crowd breached police perimeters and stormed the building in an attempt to prevent the formalization of President-elect Joe Biden's election victory. These rioters occupied vandalized and looted parts of the building for several hours. The riot led to the evacuation and lockdown of the Capitol and five deaths. So what this doesn't... Yes. Oh, it's been five. So what this doesn't tell you, the mayhem parts that are left out of the story... Mayhem stories. The ridiculous bullshit. ...are that the majority of these supporters that caused this insurgence are QAnon um, believers. QAnon is for, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but this is what it is. Um, QAnon is a movement of people who believe that people in power, particularly on the Democratic side, are running running an underground child pedophilia ring in order to not only perform pedophilic acts, but to harvest blood from young people and infants in order to intake adrenochrome into their bodies and become all powerful and very smart. You lost me at the third word. I don't know. (laughs) This theory has actually existed for more than 30 years. I first heard about this theory maybe 15 years ago. Is this related to Pizzagate? Yes, okay. it is related to Pizzagate. Pizzagate. Cheese Cheese pizza. Yeah. It, Damn, I'm lost. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, I I did not tap into like the depths of what this. Anyways, pizza is supposed to be a code word for CP, cheese pizza, child porn. Yeah. And then there what? were like, is that the one that there were toppings? No, <laughs> no, this is like. Yeah. 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 So this so, is this is a bunch of deep state like super crazy stuff and it started with Alex Jones who now has a very popular podcast where he screams for 30 minutes straight and covers his shirt and sweat. He's going through it though. His wife divorced him. <laughs> he tried to take the kids. Like he is 
Go into it. So at some point when I first heard about this story, uh, this is where the whole kind of like lizard people comes from and all of that. Um, Scientology, it's kind of all looped into all of this stuff. So people think that QAnon is a new movement, but it's not really. It's very old. And it started with Alex Jones. He supposedly went to this private area where the political leaders come together and they meet every year. Martha's Vineyard, I think it's where it is. That's where they be going. Yeah. So um, he took a camera. He managed to sneak in and supposedly he recorded them doing these crazy rituals that are satanically driven and da 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 da. And then we're back to this. That's the thing too, though. But it's like not just now but throughout history with like the um freemasons and stuff where they've been doing like different rituals where it comes to like children's blood and all right sacrifices right so it's this big big thing and um they're they're saying now actually that the reason that it's been able to become so huge is because of russian bots so russian bots have been controlling the narrative and really pushing the QAnon agenda Mm -hmm. so these people think that if Biden becomes president, that this ring is going to be allowed to take control. Socialism is coming and that Trump was the only person fighting against it, despite his many flights with Epstein on Epstein's logs and being friends with Epstein. Like he wants to fuck his daughter. You wouldn't think he's the pedophile? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm sorry, that was. Oh, <laughs> Just straight to the point on that. <laughs> right. Was the data. <laughs> so um so these people are really convinced that this is this is what's going on and that if Trump is no longer president, we won't be able to uncover it and this will mm-hmm. continue to go on and not only get worse. So that's why they're so zealous to go in and do this. Um and that's why they were able to develop this QAnon movement and convince all these people this stuff was happening. So, um, basically, the dark parts that they don't tell you are that they believe all that. But other parts that they don't tell you in this article are that when these people stormed the building, Congress was actually being held at the time. So, all of our political leaders were in one place in order to take a vote. And the main person that they were coming after was Vice President Mike Pence. Because Vice President Mike Pence, only as a ceremonial duty when the votes are tallied, basically declares who the new president is going to be. He has no power to veto those votes. He has no power to change anything. It's literally just a ceremonial process for him to go in front of people and say, this is going to be the next president. Trump and his supporters somehow got it in their head that Pence could overturn this somehow. But like how? Because like why? for like some the reason they don't the understand that it's just a ceremonial process. Like, I, mean, I mean, does Trump really know anything about the Constitution yeah, or all, politics? We can all pull up the same document, look at him, but okay. Oh wait, oh you're asking, you're expecting Trump to read something? Not him. I'm but sorry. His <laughs> they do so much research on different things. Yeah. Um, so anyway. <laughs> they do so much research. On so when they things. stormed the Capitol, they actually. Um, came with guns several people had guns several people had um zip ties uh that they use for riot handcuffs because they can't keep a you know such a large enough quantity so they have zip ties that they use for riot handcuffs so Mm -hmm. essentially proving that they were planning to take hostages and then they built a gallows 
if you don't, people don't know what a gallows is, that's basically a large wooden structure that you can hang a rope from in order to hang someone. So they built a gallows and they were calling for the death of Mike Pence. And so well, the ultimate goal was to, was to bring Pence out and kill him by hanging so him from the gallows. <laughs> so that is the mayhem that they don't tell you. And so when I, I thought to bring up the story, um, my first question was going to be, and the reason that I thought it was important to be a mayhem story on our show was this is really fucking historical stuff that's happening. I don't, I'm right? not living through history. It's yeah. historical. I'm sick of living through history. <laughs> <laughs> it's causing a lot of rifts between People, friends, family. family the world. Um, workers. Yeah, I've lost family over this last year that I don't speak to anymore. I just... One of my friends befell the um, brainwashing of QAnon, and now we're not friends anymore, mm-hmm. even though I tried very hard to kind of help get rid of the brainwashing. What I do, and when I, because I do have a lot of friends who are on that side, <laughs> be like, fuck it, whatever. That's who you are. Just, you know, don't fuck up my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, some of us feel a little more strongly about it. And you can't feel too you can't give a fuck. The book I told you, you gotta stop giving fucks. Don't give a fuck about it. Let them do In either way, the world's gonna end up in the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Without the world our revolve around you. Right. Your own world revolves around you. Yeah. So, if they so I, I kind of believe in putting more um more strict boundaries on people. I feel like if you don't place those boundaries People aren't going to get to bottoms. They aren't going to realize what they're losing if you just continue to be friends with them and let them behave in certain ways. And so I I think think that it's important to place those boundaries on people. But I mean, like you be placing boundaries on the whole world about the opinions. Like that's how I feel. Like unless I'm like super close to you, like. Well, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about our friends and family that we have lost. Like like, even though friends and family, if it's like my great aunt and she's tripping, I'm like, okay, it's whatever. She's gonna die anyway. (laughs) I think I think I feel more strongly about it because I'm coming from the position of somebody who is determined to be anti-racist. And I guess here's the position that me and Felicia Mm -hmm. are on. We've been dealing with this our whole lives. Yeah. So we got more of a that's just how the world is. We give less fucks because, because just been, we know it's not gonna change, right? And it's, see, I have a different. We're viewpoint. hoping that it changes, and we it's and like it's, we don't want it to. It's just like we can't put everything in one basket. Like right. oh, like that's, that's waking too up many and being like, to burn. maybe the world's gonna be less racist today. Maybe I can enter a store, not buy anything, and not feel like I'm gonna get asked why I'm here or followed. Or follow. I totally validate like the way that you... stuff like that, right? That makes you feel like mm-hmm. when you see stories like this on the news, you're like, hey, when people is wilding out on the internet, you're like, hey, mm-hmm. they wilding out. They don't like whatever's going on or they, you know, they're racist or whatever. That's the world. That's just how we already grew up. So when we see other people out there like, oh, y'all, you know, when we see, you know, when you're out there on the, on the front lines with us at the protests or whatnot, that's amazing. And like, we love that shit. But at the same time, for the people that aren't like you and Markel out there, it's just whatever. Because if you, yeah. know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I it's validate your feelings about that, but I also, life. I really strongly suggest against just getting to a, a thought 
mind of complacency because if we feel complacent about it and we let ourselves be complacent about it, then you're right. It it's, will never change. It's not about being it doesn't, complacent, right. though. It's just like knowing... It's picking your battles. If I have to explain well, when, to when you say, but, across about how I feel in my life experience... I'd be talking all day, every day. I don't have time for that. I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Too many, I, and too and many I feel things. like, and I don't feel like that's your responsibility, which mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. I feel like it's somebody that is determined on being anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. it's, then it is on my shoulders because I'm the only one that's going to call out the white racist sure. people from but my yeah. Southern Texas family. Right. But they're more likely this than you saying that. Right. Exactly. Than us. So which is like, why when the protests and all this stuff is going on, when we see, uh, white folk out there, y'all is in the front lines with us. Folk? White folk. <laughs> she looked me right in the white eye, people. like she made a. <laughs> when the people that ain't black or Hispanics or non-minority people, yeah, the non-minorities is out there on the front line, and you see them yelling with you, you're like, oh shit! I think the world can maybe change. A right? Bit. It's not that we don't want the world to change. It's like, well, when she initially said it, she said, "We know this shit ain't gonna change," and I am vehemently against that sort of statement. I it's mean, not gonna change in our lifetimes. It's not. That, Here's I think thing. it does change. I it, think it I think it might change slowly, changes, but that is change. It changes but you will in die increments, you see it, right? It, it changes. It doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing. It just means that I don't want to put a timeline on it. I'm vehemently against that too. I'm not against like putting a timeline, but I'm just saying like if you say it's not going to change in your lifetime, then that's you accepting that that's impossible. And I just I'm just I don't just don't have that kind of thought process. I just don't want to put my hopes into something that might not happen. Right. I yeah. Would I love it to happen in my lifetime? Yes, right. of course. But like, I'm not going to place all my. This is going to change. I'm going to be the difference. It's just I'm going to live my That's life my the best job. way. Yeah, I'm going to live like the job. best way I can. Yeah. yeah. And if things get better, if I make a difference, that's awesome. But if I don't. That's not that's not my responsibility either. No, I agree with those statements. I just don't agree with those finality statements like it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's never going to change. I don't mm-hmm. think that people should say things like that. Mm-hmm. I think you should say, you know, I don't feel like the chances are super great, but I'm hopeful. I'm not going to place all sure, my hope in hopeful. it. I still have to continue my life. But, but like, because I think it can change in our lifetime. I totally believe that. I think. I believe that we are on the crux of a big change. And the reason I believe we're on the crux, and I'm sure Martin Luther King's generation felt like they were maybe in the crux of a big change. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think the reason we're in the crux of a big change is because our generation, the millennial generation, Mm -hmm. is one of the first generations to really start to change some of these things. And we're also one of the first generations that grew up with black culture as a part of our culture. But it's always Mm -hmm. been a part of the culture. Jazz music was a part of black culture back then, too. My grandma lived through segregation and desegregation, and she's still going through Black Lives Matters and police still shooting us. It's but but white people weren't ascribing to black culture to the level that they are they now. Were, no, I don't believe. I don't agree with that. Every young, if you go back and look at everything that was happening in black culture, and you look at the young white people of that time, they subscribed to it then, and they changed as they right. age. They subscribed right. to it then when they were younger, because that's how they felt. I'd have to see some facts on that, because I don't know if I agree with that. I'm going with the jazz. I'm going with disco. All that hip-hop. Hip-hop. All rap. that had, like... I mean, all of that is... is well, hip-hop work. and rap is what I'm kind of what I'm talking but that's about. Like that's like the 80s and 90s, where there was still a culture of white people in it. Disco was in the 70s. There was still a culture of white people. The 60s, they had, like, 
Jimi Hendrix, psychedelics. They had jazz music before that, and white wait. So wait, you're that. saying that Jimi Hendrix and psychedelics are all they all started in black culture, and you're saying that jazz only started in black culture. I'm saying that was a part of black culture. Jazz was a big thing. I'm not saying it's not a part of it. What I'm saying is that white people didn't ascribe they to black did. culture and to the level that white people. When you grew up, okay, what did you listen to your whole entire teenage years? Oh my! Black culture, right? uh, Yeah, I just told someone the other day my two albums of all time. If you ask my dad what he ascribed to when he was a teenager, it was not black culture. Correct. And the majority of millennials ascribed to black culture. Our parents did not. So that's the huge turning point for me. Mm -hmm. Is and I I made this comment when all of these ascribing to black culture, and you have artists that do it today too. That ascribe to who want to be into hip hop, who want to be into rap, but go back to being white. I'm not saying that's not the chance, but I think that statistically our odds are a lot better now. And that's the reason that I say that, because so many people are ascribed to black culture. Black culture is so much more popularized with the millennial generation. We're the first generation to really fight against um you know, not having interracial relationships and that sort of thing. We're at a big tipping point. And I think if we go into it with a negative attitude where Mm -hmm. it's not going to change, people are just going to go backwards. um, I think that's the wrong way to approach it. I don't think when it's about the you're not going to change thing. um, I I get the whole, uh, you know, ascribing to culture and all that stuff. But when you have generations that are still going on, all right, the grandparents and the parents and they're having more kids and they're raising those kids to not like other people outside of their race, that's where it doesn't die, right? Like there's still, there's little kids, our kids' age, walking around talking about, no, can't play with you because you're this or you're that, right? Like that goes from generation to generation. I mean, you grew up with that where you didn't even know till you were, you know, teenager, high school, that certain things were degrading to black people right i mean you used to tell me that yeah stuff. yeah so i mean it goes on from generation to generation so i'm not saying it's not going to change but i'm right. saying that but it's it, it's gonna it's not going to discontinue because nobody's this, saying it's not going to discontinue but i think when you have that defeatist it's not a defeatist view it's the, view of it's it realistic i don't think i, don't think, I think it's, it's defeatist it's the black black view. Pessimist here. It's the black i get view. it like yeah. i always err on the side of a worst case scenario mm-hmm. And that way I'm prepared, right? Like my motto, I tell my kids, we're going to like hope for the best. Yeah. Prepare for the worst. Exactly. So when you're in a mindset of understanding that you might not win, you might not get what you want. What's the worst case scenario look like of that future moment? Okay. Right? And then when you're raised to and make, then, to, you know, you, know, yeah, you, you think about that. that and you're manner. like, OK, how will I deal with that? What will I do going on to try and, you know, change that? It's it's just a different I think you can prepare for it without projecting it. I think when you make defeatist statements, you're projecting defeatism and that doesn't that doesn't help the unity. So like you used my growing up as an example. Right. But I left that Mm -hmm. millennials are leaving that thought Mm -hmm. process in droves compared to previous generations. Where you're at and the people you surround yourself with. Like you said, you've lost friends. You've Mm -hmm. lost people. Because you older people, boomers. But you you probably lost younger people too. I have not. Not at all. No, I, I assure you, I have not. I, I see your hand, Marquette. Just <laughs> raise your hand. I'm just gonna. I don't there, I mean, speak on. I'm just gonna raise my hand. 
There are, there are people who are Trump supporters that are younger on my page. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are people that are, you know, far more right wing than I am. And I'm not a leftist either. I consider myself a centrist progressive. Um, but have I lost them for racial issues? No, I haven't. Because it's, it's just like I was going to say a minute ago. Um, I but made those this people who are complacent. I made this joking meme about um, if you don't support Black Lives Matter, I better not hear rap music in your car tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was is because our generation grew up trying to be black culture like my whole high school your whole high school and we're from 2200 miles away so that proves that it spans the country right um and so i just don't want to look at it with a defeatist i think it's good to prepare for what may or may not happen and i think it's okay to be like but i understand it and i empathize with you i if i were if i were black I'd probably feel the same way. You'd be like, this shit ain't never going to fucking it change. Be, it wouldn't you know? be a thought. It would be, that's how life <laughs> is. How because life, you're, yeah. you're, you're raised with, this is how life is. You're always going to be 10 steps behind everybody else. You have to go do these things to try to be equal with these people. But you're you never to going to be This much equal. harder just to do this. Right. Just to make it. Just to like Not drive even home to be and survive. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that kind of segues me into kind of like where I wanted to go with reading this mayhem story. And I was going to ask Fee first, but she hasn't been following the story. So. <laughs> I, haven't been fo- I, I know enough what's going on to be like, OK, they're riding the Capitol. Some weird dude in a fucking furry hat and they still and shit. People died. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to uh, go to Markel because she kind of talked to me a bit about it earlier and some things that she saw with her own family. Um, how did you feel when you saw this happening? Uh, it was wild. I okay. I'm a self-proclaimed um, dystopian future um, fiction novel. And <laughs> food, like, I love I all love the dystopias, right? Like, can you layman's terms what the word dystopia means for the listeners? Please? It's a alternate reality from what we feel like our timeline would be like oh, into wow. the future. Uh, and something goes wrong there's a virus or there's this or whatever and they're like it's a, always a story about overthrowing somebody who took over and took advantage of people in a crisis basically okay i love reading all of that consuming all of that and the last like year has kind of felt that way and then i was at work and i like someone had texted me I was like, what is happening? So I just pulled it up and I was like working. I had, you know, the news, one of the stations playing. I was like, I like reading about this, but living it is like, this ain't it. Like, it's not like that was the moment that I was like, this is I've been preparing for this by reading. Like, I know the people I need. I know the type of leadership we need. I know how to start. I know right, how to, you right, know, right. I was like dystopian novels have prepared me for the life I'm actually living <laughs> in 2021. Right. Like it, do you it feel like it, unreal? Do you feel like it affected your mental health in any way? Did you feel sad or mad or depressed or you were just like, well, this is it. I'm ready. Oh, I've 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 been ready. I've been ready. <laughs> um, I actually joke with people about because where my parents live, right? They've got the high ground, mm-hmm. and it'd be easy to fortify, right? If we need like a bunker when everything sure. goes down. I'm so going, that's where I'm we going, going there. Yes. Because yes. yeah, because my mind keeps up. going to like, okay, 
this like these are things that we thought were not things would happen here right like you grow up even if you don't know a lot about you know politics and government whatever like these are just not things you expect to see like even i think it was less jarring for people to see an outsider attack the united states in 9 11 you know when we were in i was in middle school and that was like an outside force for like, okay, well, that was awful, but this was awful and it was here, mm -hmm. like homegrown. Yeah. And um, and it was it's just really jarring to I don't think you you don't you don't prepare for that, right? Mm -hmm. You're taught when you go to school, right? Like the way we teach American history is all these people attacked us and we prevail. We did all the good things and here we are. <laughs> we have democracy. We're great. The best country in the world, right? Did you feel like you needed to say anything to your team or I, I have not yet because this is really casual stuff, but I'm at the point where I'm prepared to be like, here's here's what's going to happen. Like people have different viewpoints. If you are, you know, if you have these kind of hateful like thoughts in your heart about other people, if you know, because I, I mean, I have girls of color on my team and I need them to feel safe. And I mm -hmm. live in an area where I have a blend of like a perfect blend of people who live out in the country and like we've got, you know, a pretty solid um, uh, student of color population just because of where we're at. And I, like I'm prepared to defend the people that I need to defend and I need to ally with. Because so, so I want to understand because um, I hear you mentioning a lot about, um, you know, students of color and yeah. So do you feel like the the attack on the Capitol was a racially charged action? I I'm I'm not gonna go a hundred percent there, but I'm gonna go with a guilty by association mm -hmm. situation. Um, because I think right now, and like, because I have a lot of black friends and, um, you know, I actively talk about the stuff that's been going on for the last year, um, from friends all over the country, I, like for me, knowing the type of people I knew were doing that and what they are associated with and what the person you know, they worship has come to really represent and like exemplify. And that person is uh, Trump. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I, I worry about, you know, if someone's gonna say something to a kid at practice and I can't, if I speak up, am I going to get in trouble? I like, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting ready to defend my kids and I have in games before have in previous years. I'm not saying, have you had anything like that happen before? In my own team, not that anyone has shared with me, which I think when I've, like, in younger years, um, girls just weren't as comfortable with me yet. But um, I had, I was an assistant coach at the time, and one of our um, really good forwards, she was an aggressive player, she came off the field, we subbed her out, and she was in hysterics, and someone had called her a racial slur. She wouldn't tell us what it was, but she was so upset. She cooled off at the end of the game. No one heard it, right? At the end of the game, we went up to the coach. And we were like, hey, this is this is what happened to my, you know, my player. And uh, he was like, oh, okay. Mm. And I said, this was her number. This is, you know, she wouldn't really tell me. It was something along the lines of this. She wouldn't really say it. Um, because the N-word was in there, you know, and she told me that. And I was like, what did she say? She's like, I don't want to say it, but it had the N-word in it. I'm like, I, I, 
okay. Yeah. He didn't, he was like, okay. So it sounds like, to summarize, like, your major emotions surrounding the attack were, this is just a sum- summarization of the fact that this person in leadership has allowed mm-hmm. racially charged um, racists to move to the front lines and feel like they're powerful. Yeah. And you think that's the longest effect, longest lasting effect of what happened. Oh. And it was the ultimate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot where you don't speak out about a lot of things. You're like, if I say this, am I going to be treated as a problem as opposed to the person who did something wrong? Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about it now that you've heard the story? What do you mean? Like, do you have any particular emotions about like, wow, this happened, our our democracy was attacked, our capital was attacked, or do you feel any, you just don't feel anything about it? I don't it? feel, I mean, like, it's, I don't have any feelings. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> How about you? Uh, you know, compared to the stuff that we saw in 2020 and along the, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing, I, you know, I saw a lot of the I saw a lot of memes on the Black Lives Matter versus the you know the Capitol thing. Yeah, well, it wasn't even memes. It was real, real, real true story, real true story life, right? Where it was, you know, like um, you know, black people on the ground with guns to their head, and then people in the Capitol, you know, taking pictures with the with in the, the judge seats and all this stuff, yelling in the cops' face, like in the cops' face. We couldn't be within. 20 feet of the cops. Oh, no. I and got into an accidental protest even when we were, during that Even time. when we was in 20 yeah. feet of the cop, yeah. they were throwing off shrapnel and, and yeah. gas tears and mm-hmm. milking people's eyes and mm-hmm. water. I mean, I mean, yeah, we were attacked you know what I'm saying? No like, we was attacked just standing yeah. there just saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. Them motherfuckers just busting the Capitol. Just taking yep. selfies like, hey, we motherfucking in the Capitol. They, they actually <laughs> released, so they actually released a research study recently that says that police are <laughs> three times more likely to take violent action against leftist protesters than they are right-wing protesters. We're against them. Yeah. Well, because because police tend to be right-wing themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now they're no longer upholding their personal duty or an oath that they took, but now they're letting their own personal views get in the way of their decision-making while they're on their job. And I think that goes into who goes into being a cop. Mm. think about the people around you in your life or think about the training they go through or it's always a escalate first yeah method it's never yeah. there's no de-escalation there's no let's talk this through right let's figure out, shoot first talk about what happens later and now one of their own is dead mm. at the hands of people who carried blue thin <laughs> blue line flags they beat him the devil they beat well they're actually saying now he didn't actually get beat he got hit once and that hit was enough to kill him essentially been hit if they was their own people yeah i agree i mean come on and then i uh, i saw an interview today of another officer was there and he said that people were trying to take his gun and shoot him and Mm -hmm. they were they were hitting him with a thin blue line flag Mm -hmm. the officer at the capitol and then you got another great officer who really his dad was a sergeant at arms Mm -hmm. um you know so a very proud position at the capitol he probably grew up you know this is a very proud prestigious position for me a really great guy well known by everybody loved by everybody and then he goes home and commits suicide within Mm -hmm. the same week after the capitol happened Mm -hmm. because he feel like he failed his duty to protect the people inside 
do you think if we weren't going through what we were going through and if this wasn't coming off a pandemic, coming off a quarantine, coming off of just everybody being stuck at home, doing all kinds of their own personal research, this would have happened. Yes. I think this is a mixture of... I think it would have happened. Yes. I don't think it would have happened. Mm-hmm. I think as long as Trump was in the position of a presidential have, position of power. Shit to do with quarantine. And that yeah. leads me, that leads yeah. me <laughs> to talk about how I felt about it. Right. So when I saw this happened, I was upset. And I'm going to tell you why. My favorite topic, narcissism, right? Mm. I'm out, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I think my potty already been. I had already been upset enough about Black Lives Matter and Black people dying at the hands of police and the fact that working in psych and I know how to de-escalate people and put people in holds and I've never killed anyone, so why can't they manage to somehow do that? You don't got a gun, though. I've been angry enough about all of that, but this particular... <laughs> I would have never shot any of my patients. I can assure you of that. (laughs) This particular situation, um, it was it was the culmination of almost half of the nation Mm -hmm. being in a relationship Mm -hmm. with a narcissist. And as dangerous as dangerous mm-hmm. as that is, it's all the more dangerous when they're in such a high position of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what scared me was how easily people fell prey to this and how easily it could happen again. And it scared me for our democracy. It scared me for our society. It scared me for... Um, everyone really look at Nero we just talked about him and yeah exactly (laughs) and that's alluding to what this could you know happen how this could come into power and coercive control and I felt this like need to educate people and the scarier part was the more you try to educate somebody who's believing in such a theory you you push them deeper into the theory and so um I felt mad about it but then I also felt even more mad in a way that I think other people that haven't been psych nurses and haven't had the um, experience that I've had probably wouldn't feel. And I felt mad for the QAnon supporters. And I felt mad for the um, former, um, I want to say aircraft, but Air Force. I felt mad for the former Air Force uh, girl that was murdered or not murdered because it was you know, needed to happen, but for protection, but, um, that was shot by the police and died. Um, I felt mad for her and I felt mad for her in a way that I've felt mad for every woman that I've ever tried to help. And yes, women can be narcissists too, but I've mostly only helped women for every woman that I've ever tried to help get out of that kind of domestic situation. And for the long lasting impact terror that it's done in their life, this woman was brainwashed by people that were only allowed to come to positions that they're in because Trump is president, because a narcissist used such a level of cultist coercive control over our entire country that now this woman is dead and had none of this craziness happen and had QAnon not happen. These people are victims. They're victims of. I don't want to label them as victims. They are. They They, are. They're partially. It is. Yes, they came into someone who coerced them to do something they weren't supposed to do, but I'm not going to strip them of responsibility. I'm not going to call them victims because at the end of the day, not everybody is going through something where they 
can't look at and be responsible for their own thought process. I think you have to understand the course of control a little bit. Um, the people that I've been trying to help understand it, I've recommended that Nexium cult um, show that I watched on stars. Um, it really helps you to understand course of control and how it happens and how it's a slow progressive thing and how people in the military are especially um, at risk for that because they grow saying. up in a coercive control situation where they're owned by the government and their generals and their heads and they're taught almost like robots that you respect people in positions of power no I'm matter what. That's not a thing, but you are personally responsible for putting yourself in that situation. They put themselves in that situation. I, I totally disagree with that, but I think that's an argument we could have forever. Yeah, if you, military, <laughs> you put yourself in that situation. Yeah, I think that's an argument we could have forever, but I was mad at them and I want the person resp held responsible. To me, Trump is responsible for that He's woman's death. But so and she. she's, she's responsible for her death. She was there. Yeah, and I think that he's responsible for um, much more people that are brainwashed. And the long-lasting effects of this, I mean, God knows. You would not believe how many people that I'm around um, in my professional career without, you know, outing people that believe in this QAnon stuff. It's and people you would never expect. Right. It's people it is who have so scary. The ability and not even them having the ability or because I know the way the brain works and the way the human mind works, when you have a firm belief in something or where you're made to believe in something, that's a part of your identity. And it's hard to change that because this is, it's also who you are. Well, actually, it, it goes down to a neurological level. So if you look at the neuroscience, it's that's why um, neurolinguistic programming, that's why it's called programming. Right. It actually programs the neurons in your brain to function a certain way. So when you are able to convince somebody, and this is a, a what's the word? Not synonym, but... Um, What's the things we always like to use to make points? Uh, not a simile, not a synonym. Uh, like a comparison. Uh, anyway, here's an example that I use to people that I'm talking about. No. Um, I'll be like, um, analogies. Uh, I like to use analogies to get my points across because that kind of helps people understand things on a basic level. So one of the analogies was... Yeah. yeah, one of the analogies that I used was like, they've proven over scientific studies that if you're interrogation and you're in interrogation long enough, you will admit to the crime, right? right? Because they beat it in your head over and over and over again. So if you're exposed to some of these things, if you or your family members believe in it, they're going to beat it into your head, beat it into your head, beat it into your head, beat it into your head. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, you don't even have control of your own mind anymore. That's how coercive control works. And so these people aren't in a position to I have a cognitive it. thought process. And when you push people into a position where they feel like it's a fight or flight. So these people truly believe because they've been slowly convinced them, to believe that QAnon exists, right? They slowly believe this long enough where they feel like it pushes them into a flight or flight response. So now they're they're functioning via their brainstem and no longer cognition. And so the analogy that I used to kind of explain this to my coworker was if you're in a desert and you've been um, without water, for five days mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's extremely hot and it's beating down on you. And Satan himself, and you're a Christian, okay, for lack of um, understanding. Um, Satan out for me water. I'll yeah, that water. right. We don't care, right? But <laughs> Christians, okay. So Satan walks up to you and he has a glass of ice cold water in his hand. Now, you know damn well you should not take anything from Satan, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're in a desert 
and you're about to die. And everybody I've asked this question to, they've said, I'd take the water. But use that analogy to where we were talking earlier about Black Lives Matters. Can I, finish believe, my point? can I finish my point can first? Finish it, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so people say I would take the water, right? I mean, what's the difference? You don't know what's going to happen after that, but you do know that if you don't take that water, you're going to die. These people literally believe through coercive control that their future generations are at risk, that somebody's going to swoop up one of their kids and take them over to Epstein's Island and extract their blood from them for adrenochrome or whatever else. And that's how these people get involved in these cults. This is how cults come to rise. The majority of people that are in cults, they're not bad people. They've never gone through anything in their lives. They've never made these decisions. And so the, the whole reason that I bring this up is just because I want to impress upon the audience to try to look at some of these people with empathy and compassion. Now, some of them definitely are just like far right wing, really bad guys. They've been bad guys for years. They're KKK. They're white supremacists. You know, we well, know through a pattern for them that we know through a pattern of behavior that um, they are that way. But some of these people, if you look at this woman's story that was shot, her family will tell you before this QAnon stuff started, she was a normal person. She had a normal family. She was a wife. She had a normal society. And I want people to understand coercive control. One, so that they can prevent it from happening again in the future. Because if we don't educate ourselves on it, we can't prevent it. And two, because if if people finally start to come out of this, because it's going to start happening. The, it's all going to come crashing down. QAnon's not going to be popular anymore. It's going to be kind of old news. People are going to slowly start to move on. But then these people are going to feel isolated because they've acted crazy for the last year. And if we don't try to have some sort of empathy or understand what happened to them or meet them in the middle, that could be very bad for them, for our future. Uh, we have to really kind of slowly ease people out of a brainwash situation and try to help them integrate back into normal society. And so that's why it made me so mad. I I was mad that Trump was able to cause this to other people and that people had to lose their lives. Their families had to lose things. Um, it's torn our nation apart. He's, you know, the number one worst president in history. And... It's very sad. It's just really sad to him. me. I, he's a part of it, and he had a big reach. But these are beliefs people have for a long time. I don't want to put it on Trump. I don't want to say, yes, there are certain cases with her. and But I don't want to put that as an umbrella for everybody. I'm not saying don't have empathy. But these are people who had these beliefs way before Trump was the president. He just gave them the platform to do it. Mm -hmm. it no, I, I totally agree with that. I think there's a lot of people like that. Yes. But I also think there's a lot of victims. I think I think there's a good amount of victims too, but I'm not I don't want to be like, okay, but with that same term, you can say that for people who have gone through families where their whole family's been racist and I've been taught this through my entire life. I'm the victim. Do I take that and be like, okay, I understand. You treat me like shit because your family taught you how to be this way. You're under corrosive control. Do I do that too? Do I have to treat them with empathy as well? I doesn't mean I don't want to. I'm just like, I if you say it like that, you can use that for every situation for anything bad. Well, I mean, it's up to you how you want to look at it. This is just the way I look at it. Right. You know, and with all of my experience and understanding what happens to people. And it's kind of part of my job as a psych nurse to look at things from that level because... I've seen it my whole career. Mm -hmm. um, you see homeless people, they start using drugs because they want to stay up at night, amphetamines usually. 
so that they can protect their stuff, right? right? And then they come into my clinic and then the people who are really working to rehabilitate them, which is what this is gonna be when these people come out of this fog, they're gonna need rehabilitation from believing this QAnon stuff. So they come into my unit and people are like very judgmental about it. And they're like, oh, they're just a trash drug addict. You know, these people don't deserve to live. Well, if I start looking at people like that, then that's almost like a ticket for, you know, these racists to say, well, black people are trash people. They don't deserve to live. Nobody gets to decide who gets to live and who doesn't or what decisions they've made. There are people who have been drug addicts for 20 years. They get sober and they impact the world in amazing ways. And so I'm just asking people to approach it with an open mind. I'm not saying I think that's the that. important I'm part of it. I'm saying you can't not hold somebody responsible for their decisions and actions. Even in that situation, because, again, that's different. I think you can have empathy for people, but still hold them responsible to some degree. I think you can have both things. Right. Like, that's okay, but you just can't be like, this happened because Trump did this and Trump did that, or because he led them to believe. I can't just chalk that off as an excuse. It's not an excuse. I don't think it's an excuse. I think it's an explanation. But people people get into that semantical argument yeah. a lot. So, <laughs> well, I hope that you guys enjoyed being a part of the show and talking about the Capitol riots. I'm sure we could go on about these topics well, forever. This is so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that it was our YouTube debut, and uh, it was an important topic. I expected right. it to go on for a while, and. We'll be back next week with a new Mayhem story. If you're interested in submitting some Mayhem stories of your own, please shoot us an email at triplemcast at gmail.com. We'd love to share your stories. If you would... You uh, can also, like, DM us on the social media. Too. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Like, if you're watching the show, if you're listening, we'd love to know you're out there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at tri- or Mental Myths and Mysteries, on Instagram at Mental Mysteries, and on Twitter at... Mental Myths and One. <laughs> Mental Miss N, number one. And one. <laughs> and spelled out A and D. And one. Also, as promised, Triple M is hosting musical artists all month long. And you can find this exclusive release from IWAS titled Wasted Space on the 25th of this month on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever music is found. But right here, you can hear it first. So tap in because this shit is dope. Good, I know, I know that it's been too long and I've grown so much and I'm about to show it. You can be the judge, I'll be the showman. I'm growing older by the day, I'm giving up on hope. I'm in a high place and I can't find a rope. They say it's just a phase and everything will change like the weather of the days, but it still feels the same. Might just be the last time that I make a rhyme like this. And if I have one wish, I'd end this shit. I'd dine and die, just drink and find wine one hell of a night. I'm wasted space, I'm lower than the lowest. Can't show my face, cause I know that I'm the grossest. Got bad taste. If you
you haven't noticed I made mistakes, but never made atonement I am no saint, I'll never make that claim I'm probably the opposite, bound for flames I've been betrayed so many times now That I'm not phased, I just part my ways When I'm growing older by the day, I'm giving up on hope I'm in a high place and I can't find a rope They say it's just a phase, and everything will change Like the weather of the days, but it still feels the same Might just be the last time And I make a rhyme like this And if I have one wish, I'd end this shit I'd dine and die Just drink and find wine one hell of a night I'm wasted space, I'm lower than the lowest Can't show my face, cause I know that I'm the grossest Got bad taste, if you haven't noticed I made mistakes, but never made atonement I am no saint, I'll never make that claim I'm probably the opposite, bound for flames I've been betrayed so many times now That I'm not phased, I just part my ways I'm not holding out on anyone, you got my all If I was there, then it's done, and I've moved on You can hate me like the next man, grooving alone But there was nothing you could say about an underdog I've been counted out all my life until I made a sound Then I heard a couple people bumping me around town Felt good till I realized that they was only looking at me like I'm just a clown Damn, and I'm growing older by the day, I'm giving up on hope I'm in a high place and I can't find a rope They say it's just a phase and everything will change Like the weather of the days, but it still feels the same Might just be the last time that I make a rhyme like this And if I have one wish, I'd end this shit I'd dine and die, just drink and find wine one hell of a night I'm wasted space, I'm lower than the lowest Can't show my face, cause I know that I'm the grossest Got bad taste, if you haven't noticed I made mistakes, but never made atonement I am no saint, I'll never make that claim I'm probably the opposite, bound for flames I've been betrayed, so many times now That I'm not phased, I just part my ways